right, good morning. morning. Wonderful day. Don't you love the weather, amen? Pull out your winter clothes again. Today is a great day, and boy, you are here in good numbers. And uh, I told folks last week we had 220 in here before they counted. And uh, so, uh, good, good number. Oh, I tell you, have you ever had a problem in communication? Ken, don't lie, alright? Wilma's saying yes, you're saying no. Last week I had a uh, funeral on Tuesday, and so uh, Monday night I was at my desk at home, and I was working on a funeral sermon, and I had my, my cell phone on my desk, and I had my iPad there, and had my Bible open, I was studying, and, and um, you know, I heard a ding, and so I'm there at my desk working on a funeral sermon, and Pam is in the living room, and Pam said, uh, what's your text? And I turned around and said, Matthew chapter 6. <laughs> Pam said, what's your text? I said, Matthew chapter 6. She said, no, what's your text? I said, Matthew chapter 6. She said, no, on your phone. So, uh, communication, kind of hard. Now, I know if you're married, you understand that, right? Sometimes you don't communicate. One lady said, I just want my husband to talk more. Then he started talking. She said, I want him to shut up now. <laughs> oh. There you go. Wilma said, I want Ken to hear what I say. To have open ears. <laughs> no, she makes you look better. I, uh, I just had a Coca-Cola. You know, uh, you may be a, a Coca-Cola drinker, and years ago, back in the day, if you had some battery cables that got corroded, you poured Coca-Cola on them. And you saw what it did. Can you imagine what that does to your gut? <laughs> So anyway, well, today we are in the book of Philippians, and we have a wonderful treat today. Uh, this is a wonderful passage, great uh, text, alright? Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. And as we begin today, I want to read just verse 12 because... Verse 12 is the heart and the focal of the passage. Gospel explores is what we're going to look at. But look in chapter 1, verse 12. Now I want you to know, brethren, that the circumstances, my circumstances, have turned out for the greater progress of the Gospel. Now Paul is saying there that my circumstances 
have turned out for a greater advance, furtherance, I think the King James may say, for the Gospel. Now the Apostle Paul, more than anything, was a missionary. He had a missionary heart and a missionary spirit. Paul wanted to go to Rome. Paul's great desire was to go to Rome as a preacher. But instead he went to Rome as a prisoner. In Romans chapter 1, verse 15, the book of Romans chapter 1, verse 15, Paul would say, So for my part, I am eager to preach the Gospel to you also who are in Rome. So Paul was anxious, anticipating going to the heart of the Roman Empire to preach the Gospel. Paul believed that no place was off limits. The Gospel needed to be preached everywhere. Now, this verse number 12 is an interesting verse and the word furtherance or in the New American Standard, greater progress. That, that word and that phrase means a pioneer advance. It means to go into an area and be an explorer. It means to clear the way so that others can follow behind you. I had a grandfather that um, was an engineer in the army. And uh, he would go in and he would clear a path and clear the way so that troops could come in. And I thought to myself, that is exactly what Paul does here. He clears a path. He clears a way so that others can go with the Gospel. Before I got saved, somebody prayed for me. Before I got saved, someone cleared the way so that the Gospel could find heart and passion and root in my life. Now, a lot of people think that just because they don't stand in a pulpit or teach behind a lectern, they are not advancing the Gospel. Let me give you an illustration. In the late 1800's, anyone in London knew a Charles Haddon Spurgeon. A great preacher that would preach to upwards of 10,000 people a Sunday. I've been there to the church, to the spot where he preached. He was so popular that you had to have a ticket to get in to hear him preach. His wife was Susanna. And Susanna Spurgeon did not go to church with her husband because she was an invalid. She was confined to her bed. And so Susanna Spurgeon thought, what can I do to advance the Gospel? So she came up with this idea that she would have a book fund and she would raise money and take her husband's sermons, bind them up into books, and send them around the world. And that's what she did. 
The sermons of Charles Haddon Spurgeon went to Australia. They went to Africa. They went to America. They went across the Orient. And they did that because Susanna Spurgeon could not get out of her bed, could not get out of her home, but she advanced the Gospel. In my study, there's a book, Morning and Evening, The Devotions of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. That all came about not because of the preacher, but because of his invalid wife. I want to ask you a question. Who advanced the Gospel more? Charles Spurgeon or Susanna? Well, the answer is obvious. Susanna Spurgeon did. She did it from her bed. She did it as an invalid, but yet God used her to advance the Gospel. And so Paul, even though he is not in Rome as a preacher, he is there as a prisoner, but yet advanced the Gospel. God wants His children, all of us, to find a way to advance the Gospel. I was uh, walking down Main Street the other day, and I thought I was incognito. Had some khakis on, had a polo shirt on, had my dark sunglasses on. I'm walking down Main, and I thought, man, no one's going to know me. A lady stopped me. And she said, Oh, I heard you preach last week on TV and I, I want you to know I enjoyed your sermon. Well, I'm glad she said that. <laughs> she said, I enjoyed your sermon. And I thought to myself, here I am, sunglasses, incognito, and recognized. You never know when someone's going to spot you, see you, and hopefully you'll be identified with the people of God. I was, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of a people watcher. And uh, I was in Chili's. Well, don't you love Chili's? <laughs> I, I like Chili's. But anyway, I was in Chili's. And I do like food. I do. I do. I'm, I'm Baptist born, I tell you. And uh, I was in Chili's and, uh, and I was watching people. And, and I was watching one couple that just joined hands together bowed their head as a family and had a blessing. And I thought to myself, that might have meant more to the people around there than it did to them. It is a way that we advance the Gospel. Now, you can go, and this is kind of like a pinball machine right now, but anyway, I'm bouncing around here, but stay with me. You can go to my storage building, and in my storage building, I have a toolbox. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> but I got one, alright? And I bought it when I was a sophomore in high school. Still got the same one. Craftsman, alright? And I got a set of Craftsman tools. And they're in that toolbox. I can open up that toolbox and I've got some, you know, vice grips. I've got channel locks. I've got 
ratchets. I've got sockets. I've got Phillips. I've got flat. Man, I've got it all. I've got all kinds of tools. Now, the secret is to know what tool for the right job. Now, we went a long way to get to this. All right, hang on. God knows the right tool to give to you to open up the way for the gospel. God knows the tool to put into your hand. Now, today we're going to look at three tools. Three tools that God used in the life of Paul to further to advance the gospel. Alright, you with me? Say amen. amen. Alright, good. Half of you are awake. awake. Alright. Number one, look at Paul's chains. Look at Paul's chains. Now I want to read again verses 12, and I want to read 12 through 14 now. Chapter 1, 12 through 14. Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, so that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian Guard and to everyone else. And that most of the brethren, trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment, have far more courage to speak the Word of God without fear. Now, Paul says that he is locked up in prison there in Rome and there is a praetorian guard watching over him. The same God that used the rod of Moses, the pitcher of Gideon, the sling of David, used the chains of Paul. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, Paul would say, For which I suffer hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal, but the Word of God is not imprisoned. Paul's chains in Caesar's household advanced the Gospel. Now, those chains gave Paul contact with the lost. Uh, now look here at verse 13. Verse 13 you find that there is a praetorian guard. Paul was chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. Can you imagine being chained to the Apostle Paul? Here's a guy that prays without ceasing. Here's a guy writing letters to the churches. Here's a guy that says all of these wonderful things in Philippians and there are Roman guards chained to him 24 hours a day, night and day. In fact, the guard would change every six hours. So there was the potential of four different guards in a 24-hour cycle being chained to Paul. Man, talking about a captive audience. <laughs> you can't get away. Chained to him. Paul's preaching. 
And, and in this Roman jail, the Gospel is being advanced. You know, the chains of Paul, you might think that was a tribulation. But yet in the midst of that, God did amazing things through Paul's life. Sometimes God allows chains in your life and in mine to open up the way for the Gospel. Let me talk about another Susanna. Not Susanna Spurgeon, but Susanna Wesley. She was the mother... Now ladies, hang on, listen to this. She was the mother of 19 children. Woo! That's a lot to say grace over. But Susanna Wesley had two very special children that we know about, John and Charles. And because she was a faithful mother, because she cared for those 19 children, God raised up these two mighty men of God and shook the world. Her chains opened up a way for the Gospel. Fanny Crosby, the great songwriter, was blind from birth. But yet, she wrote a wonderful song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Her chains opened up a way to further the Gospel. Now, sometimes chains give boldness and courage to the saved. Look at verse 14 in your Bible here. And that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the Word of God without fear. Paul says, my chains gave courage to the brethren. Man, when you and I See, someone suffering for the Lord, it gives us courage and boldness and fire and enthusiasm. We, we've got that boldness by seeing others suffer. So Paul's chains made it possible for the greater progress of the Gospel. Let me ask you, in your life, what chains do you have in your life that God will use to advance the Gospel? Let me name some. Divorce. Bankruptcy. Church conflict. Trouble at work. There are all kinds of chains that God can use in your life to advance the Gospel. That's a tool. Alright, let's move on. Alright, number two today. The second tool that we find God used in Paul's life, God used Paul's Critics. Paul's critics. Now, Paul had his admirers and Paul had his critics. You don't have to preach the Gospel very long to learn that some folks are not going to like it. I was standing at the back door of the church one time and I thought I'd preach, boy, just a wonderful sermon. Some lady came out and she grabbed my hand and said, you know, I didn't like that sermon. I said, you know what, honey? The devil didn't like it either. <laughs> now you think about that. 
Whose side are you on? Sometimes sincere preaching draws the critics. Uh, one preacher said it's like honey to the bees. The critics come out of the woodwork when you preach the Word of God. Warren Wearsby, my, my, uh, one of my best commentaries, Warren Wearsby says, instead of asking, have you trusted Christ? They ask, whose side are you on? Mm. All that mattered to Paul was that Christ was preached. Now, I want you to look at 15 through 19. Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to try to do this delicately, alright? But in verse 18, a lot of commentaries have been written on that one single verse. A lot has been said about that verse. What did Paul mean? What did Paul mean when he said in verse 18 that Christ is proclaimed and in this, and in this I rejoice? Well, here's what I think. There were some that were preaching Christ to draw a crowd for themselves. Paul would say they are preaching Christ with a motive to draw recognition to themselves. Others were preaching Christ in a sincere way and just pointing people to the Lord. Now what Paul seems to be saying to me is this. Paul said, I'm just glad that Christ and Him crucified is being preached. And I think here's the application for you and I. There are some churches out there that worship a little differently than we do. And that's okay. I was in Kenya and uh, I went to a service there. Dirt floor, lean-to, and uh, the church orchestra was one lady with a drum running up and down the aisle. Now, that wasn't particularly my cup of tea. But I got up, opened up the Word of God, and preached the Word of God after she got done with the drum. And I know that there are churches in Colombia that have a different style of worship, but Christ and Him crucified is being preached. God hadn't called me to that church. God called me here because this is where I fit. And this is where I'm called. But as long as Christ and Him crucified is being preached. Let me give you an illustration. Two great English evangelists. John Wesley 
and George Whitfield disagreed on doctrinal issues. Someone one time asked John Wesley, do you think George Whitfield, do you think that you will see him in heaven? John Wesley said, no I will not. And they said, why not? John Wesley said this, because George Whitfield will be so close to the throne of God that I will not see him. Disagreed on some doctrinal issues, but agreed on the majors. Christ and Him crucified. i got a friend of mine who does not believe in the security of the believer. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. One day when I get to heaven, I'm going to grab a hold of him and say, I told you so. <laughs> Disagree on that issue, but he is saved by grace, washed in the blood. He's got eternal security. He just doesn't know it. But he's got it. Let me give you a rule of thumb before I move on. On essentials, we must agree. On non-essentials, liberty. That's always been a good rule. On essentials, we must agree. But on non-essentials, liberty. Paul said, there is the tool of the critics that is advancing the Gospel. Alright, moving on. Third and last. Alright, third and last. You guys have been so good today. Third and last. The third tool that God used was the tool of a crisis. Paul's crisis. And uh, I just want to read verses 20 and 21 right now. According to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now as always be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Because of Paul's chains, Christ was known. Because of Paul's critics, Christ was preached. But because of Paul's crisis, Christ was magnified. Now what was the crisis? Well, he has a death sentence awaiting him. In all likelihood, Paul would be on death row. Paul is waiting his execution. And the crisis for Paul, Paul had made up his mind a long time ago that he is bought with a price. His body belongs to the Lord. And so Paul is saying here in verse number 20, verse 20, he wants Christ exalted or magnified in his body either by life or by death. Now, I've got a revelation for some people. It doesn't really matter about this body. I mean, you can take the best care of it that you can. And one day, it's going to fold up and go away. It is. 
In fact, you find here in verse number 23, look down at 23. But I am hard pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. That word depart in verse 23 means to fold up a tent. Means to fold up a tent. Paul says, My life, my body is being folded up like a tent. And so, Paul is saying, This body belongs to the Lord, it's going to be folded up. But Paul is saying, In this crisis, I want Jesus to be magnified. I want to ask you today, boy, what crisis have you gone through? There are some ladies in this room, you've gone through breast cancer. And Christ has been magnified in your life. Some of you in this room, you've had a child that's gone to the far country. Even in that, Christ can be magnified. Whatever the crisis is in your life, God wants to use that so that Jesus can be magnified. How many tools does God have to advance the Gospel? Oh, thousands. In Paul's life, three were used. His chains, the critics, and, and the crisis that he had. In Philippians 1.21, wonderful verse, let me put some blanks in there for you. For to me, to live is blank, and to die is blank. Some would fill in the blanks like this. For to me, to live is money, and to die is to leave it all behind. Some would say, for to me, to live is fame, and to die is to be forgotten. But for the child of God, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. One lady, Malty Babcock, one time wrote, Life is what we are alive to. And if you are alive to Christ, that is your life. That's your life. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word today. Man, what a joy to expound this wonderful passage. God, I pray that we would realize today You want to use us to advance the Gospel. Father, I pray today that Your Gospel will be furthered. And Lord, whatever tool You need to use, God, may we be open to that. In Jesus' wonderful name, Amen. Y'all have a great day.